Oh, what are you eating over there? Oh, I'm eating some giggles. <laughs> what? <laughs> you ever had a giggle? Oh, are those those like not Skittles? Yeah, I mean, well, anything, this... anything that's not a Skittle isn't a Skittle. I guess that's true. But yes, they're the not Skittle Skittles. The sour candy that you say you didn't like, and then you left them in my van. Yes, but they're these are but they're not sour. These ones because I like these ones, so I'm not eating the sour ones. Oh, okay. No sour giggles for you. No, sir. I'm all about the sweet giggles. Sweet, sweet giggles. <laughs> yep. Hello and welcome to our podcast. Oh, hello. Hey, how are you? How how was your week since the last time we recorded? My week's been great. How was yours? It was good. So listen, we got stuff to talk about. <laughs> oh, what do we have to talk about? Oh, a whole bunch of stuff. Namely, okay. um, I had my Bucky's mug and I As forgot. You usually do. Oh, yeah. I forgot that I had made some green tea and I dumped the rest of my Dr. Pepper Zero into my mug. Um, and all I'm going to say is if Dr. Pepper ever releases like a green tea Dr. Pepper, I expect royalties because this is actually really good. Is it really? Yeah. It sounds good. <sighs> oh, good. And there's the commercial. There it is. <laughs> I would never think to to make Dr. Pepper green tea. I mean, neither did you, but. Imagine if that was the actual commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Pepper introduces new green tea flavor. Uh. <laughs> that was perfect. Find it in find it in stores near you. <laughs> this is now an ASMR podcast of me just drinking things. Oh jeez. Sign me out. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, that one got me. Oh, I'm um, glad. It's not often so, that I get you like that. So this year, oh. uh, 2023, Adamus Domini, whatever, AD. Um, what? Oh. Yeah. I, pr- I promise this will make sense at some point. So, so far this year, we've talked about uh, a handful of topics, but we talked about one-hit wonders. Yeah. And then last week, we talked about... Uh, novelty songs. That's right. Did you know that February 10th, 2021, this song was uploaded to YouTube? It's Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. In 2021? 2011. Oh, I thought you said 2021. I was like, that is so not two years ago. I love <laughs> that song. say 2021. No, you don't. Friday. I sing it every Friday. <laughs> sing it every Friday. Um, I am familiar with the song, though, yes. Yeah. So one of the f- – I'm I'm going to – I'm just going to say it. One of the first, like, real kind of, like, viral YouTube songs. Um, yeah. So Rebecca Black recorded oh. it. She was in eighth grade at the time and recorded it at one of those studios where, like – you can just go in and for like a few thousand dollars, like they'll just record a single for you. So like any um, recording studio? I guess. 
You but, know one of those studios where you can just go in and pay people money and they'll do things for you? Wait, is that every studio? <laughs> um, so, no, it was by the end of the year, 2011, it had over 180 million views, making it that year's most watched video on YouTube. Whoa. It went 58, number 58 in the United States and number 60 in the UK. So so was she like the first influencer? No. Okay. But I don't have a good answer for who is. Yeah, I don't, it, that wasn't even a good question. So <laughs> that's interesting. Okay, cool. Yeah, no. It's, Friday. It, yeah, kind of paving the way for that. We had talked about like the, how the novelty song has kind of, faded into obscurity, you know, save for Weird Al since the mid seventies. And one of the reasons for that is YouTube or I guess digital yeah. media providing different means. And yeah. Here you so go. there's a Rebecca Black song. Rebecca Black. Um I will say I think you're possibly better at like transitioning into the music history facts. I'm I'm more just like now we're talking about this. Why do you think so the only reason that I'm better, I don't know, your words, not mine, at it than you is because I go, hey, listen, did you know? So like I just, it's the inflection in your voice. You just have to have a little inflection and you you, you ride the transition inflection. Okay, so I need to, I need to smooth it out a bit. Just, to, you know, ride the inflection, man. February 12th, 1967, <laughs> police raid. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, thank you. No, so, yeah. Uh, mm. Inflection, February 12th, 1967, police raid Keith Richards' Redlands estate where they discover, quote, various substances of suspicious nature. Ooh, they arrest you got, Keith? Keith Richards... Um, and Mick Jagger and Marianne Faithful, who I don't know who that is. Um, somebody's probably a big Marianne Faithful fan. Um, but no, so it's like, okay, whatever. There yeah. was a bust at Keith Richards' house. Like, of course, they yeah, found this stuff. This week. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing um, the whole thing was a setup, they were, they were set up. So in the late what? 60s, the British authorities, uh, Scotland Yard, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, that works. Um, yeah, all them bobbies over there who were um, like guardians of the monarchy. So the monarchy and British like uh, government, British politicians were concerned about like the corruption of the youth. So this was <clears throat> the sixties and seventies is when you started to get a lot of this, um, uh, like, oh, what the heck is it called? Um, not, not witch hunts, but, um, like it's, you, you'll see a lot of posters for like, oh, like don't, you know, stay away from the devil's lettuce and like, don't, you know, sure. You know, the, just the degradation of society and that kind of, there's a term for it. And specifically in the UK, I forget what it is, but, um, so they, 
uh, the Weekly World News ran a story February 5th that was all about pop stars and drugs, facts that will shock you. So like clickbait was a thing for a long time. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And there they told this story where Mick Jagger was like popping pills and like trying to get ladies to like come back to his apartment and everything. Um, and yeah, so it was, but which also like didn't happen. Um, so he fired a libel suit against the paper. And so they were like, Oh, you're going to sue us. So (laughs) we're just going to basically stalk you and surveil everything that you're doing and then hand everything over to the authorities. Oh my gosh. And so, yeah. So the police, like the police bust in and based off of like as many as like two dozen officers, like arrive at Keith Richards house and bust in and they claim to find, uh, speed. They claim to find hash and like all these other drugs. Oh my gosh. Um, they, they arrested the members of the band and then, um, <laughs> like it, 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 I don't, but it was like all a setup. They were set up and everything. So yeah, there was probably some drugs there, but yeah, they were, Ugh. um, sentenced to like a year in jail. Um, however, what? they, they, on appeal, uh, the sentence was dropped and, uh, yeah, the charges were dropped on appeal because the band was just so wildly popular and everybody was basically like, oh, you can't, oh, you can't arrest the Rolling Stones, mate. <laughs> um, it was a little oh Australia. They're big in Australia too. Oh yeah, no, I figured as much. Yeah, they're yeah. kind of like yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of funny. <laughs> that's, that's a good story. Well, when you first said it, it was like yeah, okay, that all checks out. Like yeah, of course, oh, wait, of course, there was there a raid at Keith Richards' house and there were drugs found. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, they were set up. Why they like what? Oh my god. And they were and they were set up by the newspaper. Like <laughs> right. Yeah. Ugh, gross. Okay, picture this. Okay, picturing it. Um, it's 1992, and it's February 14th. Oh, it's Valentine's Day. I'm getting ready to take the holiday of love. My darling, out on a little date, I have my seashell necklace and uh, (laughs) the puka shell. (laughs) Yeah, whatever it is, and I my my tips are frosted, and uh, I'm good to go. Yeah, you got your you got your ten speed and you're ready to go. You know, yeah, you, you're gonna ride on down to the local movie theater. Yeah, you're like you're gonna you know you're gonna go see a, a nice romantic movie, um, and you know you go and you 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 pick your date up. She comes out. She's clearly you know planned or uh, prepared for the evening. She's mm-hmm. looking good. You're looking good, and she comes out and you go showing. Because you're going to see Wayne's World, which debuted February 14th, 1992. No way. Yeah. And I know that you don't watch things and you haven't seen Wayne's World, Wayne's World, which is a crime. But uh, yeah, that came out February 14th, 1992, a very music heavy film. And yes. we actually we actually just watched this uh, with the kids for the first time. They both liked it. Oh, I'm um, going to watch it. Listen, I'm going to watch it. This is my promise to you and and all of you listening. Mm. I am going to watch Wayne's World. In honor of this fact, I am going to watch it 
next week on Valentine's Day. Hey, there you go. So there you go. <laughs> Kristen's like, hey, what's for dinner? You're like, quiet. Yeah. I'm watching <laughs> Wayne's World. Nothing's for dinner. You and me are watching <laughs> Wayne's World. It's, she's like, I have to. She's like, Stephen, Stephen, what are our plans for tonight? And you go, ah, Sphincter says what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't get that because I'm sure it's in the movie. But what I will do is I will pick her up on my bicycle and I'll say, swing, and we'll go watch Wayne's World. Swing. So yeah. there's a, a couple interesting music facts related to the movie, though. Stop. So there is a very famous scene where they are early in the movie where they're driving around in Garth's car and they play Bohemian Rhapsody and they start headbanging to like the, the music breakdown. Sure. Um, when it gets really heavy in that song. And it rekindled a popularity of Queen Ooh. because, I don't know if you remember, we talked about this a few months ago, Freddie Mercury had passed away November the year prior, so four months earlier 91. in November 1991. Yeah. Um, and so them having Bohemian Rhapsody re like it launched the song back up to number two on the Hot 100 charts. And there was a one song that kept it out of the top spot, which was Jump by Chris Cross. Stop it. So, Queen and Criss Cross. <laughs> so, yeah, Jump kept it out. <laughs> a match made in heaven. So, I've made the joke a few times, like, go yeah. to your local library. When yeah. oh. in 1992, maybe 93, um, I was... 10 and i had only heard jump like a couple of times but i was the target demographic and i loved it and i remember going to the library which had like this i'm not even going to say a wall of cassettes it was like <laughs> it was like an easel of because they they maybe had like a hundred total cassettes that you could like rent like they were not yeah, we yeah. don't do music here. This is yeah. this is for book reading. And I just remember go, going up to the librarian. Um, I actually remember her name because I worked at the library like 10 years later. Um, and that, Oh, God, I was not 20 when I worked at the library. <laughs> like, like five years later. Anyways. Yeah, whatever. I remember just going in being like, hi, do you have, do you have Criss Cross? And it was... It was just such a clash of generations yeah. that she had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> and I was not good at explaining things, which based yeah. on how I've started this podcast so far might be surprising. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Just one of those weird uh, random memories I that love you it. have. Hey, um, yeah, but anyways, Alice Cooper makes a oh. cameo appearance in the movie. Oh, hey, Alice. Um, yeah, and he he debuted a new song called Feed My Frankenstein, which became a, a song that he's pretty well known for. Sure. Um, yeah, so it's a good movie. There's a lot of good music in it. It still holds up. And 
even if you didn't, you know, experience the nineties, you'll still find it funny. It's a very interesting little kind of snapshot into culture at the time. And just like, yeah. Anyways, uh, let's see. Am I, Ooh, am I ready to transition to our topic of the evening? Drum roll, please. Bada, 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 bada. The Grammys. Hey, the Grammys happened. Yay. Steven, don't you love the Grammys? I love nothing more than the Grammys. Um, yeah, yeah um, I don't I don't love the Grammys. Um I don't love why most is that? Aw- I don't love most award shows anymore though, if I'm being honest. Like the Oscars and the other shows that they have that they give awards to people. Um because I feel like it is like a dog and pony show. And mm. like, I feel like everybody, I feel like it always turns into like something we had talked about last week. You know, it always turns into like people using the stage for their beliefs and all this stuff. And it's like, I I will say, I do not think that when you, the time to start to preach about what you believe in and all this stuff is like at an award show when you're being given an award and recognized for work. Like I think it's, if you're having an event, like we talked about last week, if you're having a concert or you're having a thing and that's what you want to talk about, fine. But when you're being nominated and given an award in an industry, I don't think that's the right time to start like forcing in your beliefs uh, to other people just because you have the stage for however long until they start playing the song that everybody just ignores anyway. Right. Um, um, so I think that's that's I think that's like in watching it. That's what bothers me the most about it. Is like okay, come on. Well, and it's so you said it, a couple of interesting things. One, it is literally just an industry award show. Like there are there are industry awards for plumbers and bankers Correct. and advertisers. Like it's it's literally the Oscars. The same thing. It's the Motion Picture Academy. Like, um, and so I, I think the difference is it's like, quote, everybody knows the people getting the award. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's a breeding ground for, for, uh, pretentiousness. And like, I really, I, I really don't want to like, just sound like a hater where it's like, oh, you know, it's cliche to hate on the Grammys. Um, it's, I don't know. I think I, I really don't watch it that often. I think Kate will, will put it on for, you know, some of the performances. Um, I'm definitely like, as I approach middle age, I'm just less and less in touch with like, like an ad came on and it's like, here's who's performing. And I'm like, Ugh. who, who, who Did, even is that? No, don't get me yeah, wrong. I'm gonna watch. I'm watching this week because, like, we have a music podcast, so I'm gonna watch the Grammys in honor. We're of watching our out, podcast. Of, out of obligation, <laughs> and I'm going to, you know, talk about it because there's some interesting things that could happen this week that um, you may be, you may already know, or you may be interested in knowing. And I'd be happy to share a couple of those things with you if you like. I'd be um, very interested. Oh my gosh. Okay. So 
do you know who has the most Grammy nominations in history? The most nominations, so not wins. Correct. Uh, Michael Jackson. That's a great guess. So tied, there are two people that are tied for the most nominations in history. The number is 88. And that includes the nine that this person, one of these people, are nominated for this coming Sunday. Beyonce. Taylor Swift. Oh, Beyonce. Beyonce and Jay-Z are tied with 88. Get out of here. I will not get out of here. Yeah. It's crazy, right? It's crazy. It is. Yeah. Crazy in love. Hey. So... 88 nominations, so Beyonce, Jay-Z tied. So if um, Beyonce wins four out of the nine nominations, she will become the most decorated Grammy winner in history with 32 Grammys. Breaking news. I don't know if you guys heard this. Beyonce did win four Grammys this past Sunday, and she is now the most decorated Grammy Award winner in history. So congratulations to Beyonce. You're a big baseball fan. I am a big baseball fan. So you know how, like, when a player is approaching a milestone, like... Everybody was tuning in for the Maguire Sosa race and for Barry Bonds. Do you think, basically what I'm wondering, and this is something I've always wondered. So let's say you're, you're a pitcher and you've got, you know, Aaron Judge at the plate or Maguire or somebody. And it's like, he's at 61 home runs. Yeah. Like, do you give it to him so that your name is also associated with the record or are you like, you're not getting it off of me? Like basically this is a very poor analogy. Like do they just give Beyonce the four or is it like, Hmm, not this year. Yeah. No, I, I see what you're saying. I think to answer your question, if I'm a pitcher, um, hell no, I'm trying to, I'm trying to strike. I'm not intent. I'm not walking them, but I'm right. trying to strike. I'm trying to strike them out. Like you're not getting that record off of me, buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be the, I'm going to be one of the guys you had to go through to get that record that nobody in history is ever going to remember. Um, but to, I, I would say this, I would say if she was nominated for less than nine this week, I would say, yeah, maybe they'll just give it to her. But I think in history, I don't have a lot of details on the history. So what I'm about to say, meh, loose fact. But like in my brief research on Grammy winners, um, history would tell you that the more you're nominated for, the more categories you're going to win. And uh, that holds true. And so I think that if she was nominated for like five, then yeah, maybe they, I would say, okay, they're just going to give her gotcha. four. But where she's nominated for nine, I think she's legitimately going to win four or five. Okay. 
Um, but it's interesting you ask that because do you know how do you know how something gets nominated to the Grammys and then how it ends up becoming like get determined that who's the winner? No. Okay, I didn't either. Um, and I, it, it's kind of boring, but it's, and it's not a long explanation, but basically there's a national Academy of recording arts and sciences that are, it's made up of a group of people from different media companies and just various individuals within industry. So like the companies themselves would nominate people to represent the company as a part of this organization for voting rights and whatnot. So what they do is they submit any piece of work to, uh, through an online like platform. They would submit that this song or composition or whatever piece of work gets on the initial ballot to be considered for a Grammy. And when they enter it in, it's reviewed by over 150 people within the recording industry, these, these people that they deem as experts, Mm-hmm. to make sure that it has been nominated in the right category and it fits all the criteria. And then any of the eligible entries then go to the voting members of the NARAS and they can then nominate for the general, like the general categories of, you know, uh, song of the year, album of the year, uh, record of the year, artist of the year, those types, those general categories. And mm-hmm. then they can also vote for it to be up to 30 other subcategories that are on the ballot and the categories of the Grammys. So that's how, like, so it has to be submitted and then people vote to get it into, like, vote on the different categories and whatnot. And then... Mm-hmm the top five pieces in every category become the official nominees for the Grammy. And then once all of the nominees are final, a final voting ballot with all the final nominees gets, gets sent to all the voting members. And that's when the winners are revealed at the Grammys Hmm. in each category. Interesting. So it was like, yeah, whatever. But I thought it was neat to, because I, I have always wondered, like, how did the, like, where do they come up with who gets nominated and what categories and all that kind of stuff? And, and so that's a very, I hope, a very high level <laughs> of the process. Like, that's just the process. Uh, so anyway, I thought that was interesting uh, to kind of get a little behind the scenes look. And another thing that ties into the winners being revealed at the Grammys. So apparently, something I've always kind of assumed but never really known, but there are only, on every, every year it varies a little bit, but there are only 15 to, to 18 awards that are actually given live on TV. Mm-hmm. And so the remainder of all the categories are given before they televise the show in a private ceremony like in the afternoon before yeah. the big event which I knew that obviously you're not looking at, you're not watching all of the Grammys, but it was like, oh, I wonder, like, do they just mail the Grammy to the other people? Like, is that, <laughs> like, I don't know, like, how is that, how does that work? 
Um, so anyway, thought that was interesting. Yeah, no, I know they do that for, uh, for the Oscars as well, but something that they did, I forget the last time I watched it, but they show like a, a two minute, like super cut of all the winners of awards that they're not going to announce. Oh, okay. Um, Oh, that's yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just realized we're like talking and then. We, we got to, oh, hey, with four wins, Beyonce be- can become the most decorated Grammy winner. And then I went off on a tangent of how people are nominated. And I didn't even tell you who has the most Grammys in history. Who so has the most Grammys in history? Who's sitting at number 31? George what? Salty. Is he a pre- What? <laughs> you ever heard of him? No. You've never heard of George Salty, 31-time Grammy Award winner? <laughs> like, are you okay? He holds... Uh, who? Justin, he holds the record <laughs> for most wins. When you said it, when you said it 31... <laughs> 31. I thought you were doing the top... Like, at 31 is George Salty. At 30 is Oh, my Steve. gosh. <laughs> thought you were doing like the top 30 the top 31 grammy award winners <laughs> brought to you with by one <laughs> <laughs> brought to you by dr pepper green yeah oh gosh no so george All salty right. he holds the record for most wins in the classical category he is a conductor hmm. so george salty is a conductor um he won this is i found this very interesting because his his career of Grammy winning spans a sizable time, I think is a sentence. So he won his first Grammy in 1962 and he won his last Grammy in 1997. He Good 35 year run. That's a good 35 year run. In 1996, he received the Lifetime Achievement Award and two of his works are in the Grammy Hall of Fame. So there you go. So that's who Beyonce is up against. Um, I have a feeling that be it this Sunday or next year, I think Beyonce is going to overtake George Salty. Do you want a little more Grammy facts? You can tell that we just like, we just love the Grammys. Like, <laughs> I, listen, I love the Grammys. We're giving the people what they want. They want a little bit of knowledge. This is what so when the you're sitting around want. at your Grammy party, you can say, yep. "Hey, you think Beyonce is going to beat Salty tonight?" <laughs> and everyone's going to go. Huh? <laughs> so, all right. So the most. Thank you. So the most Grammys. Who do you think has ever won the most amount of Grammys? in one night. And if you would like a little bit of assistance, I will tell you the number if you would like. Okay, what's the number? Eight. Eight Grammys. Millie Vanilli. One night. Millie Vanilli would be really close. Okay. Really, really close. How about, do you want a real guess or no? No. Okay. So tied with eight in one night is... Adele. Michael Michael Jackson, yeah, in 1984, and Carlos Santana. Oh yeah, Supernatural was huge. Supernatural, smooth. He won. 
He won for best album, best song, top uh, collaboration, top a bunch of other subcategories that basically meant him and Rob Thomas did smooth together. Like a bunch of those categories. He won for um, top Latin music, like everything. And then 1984, Michael Jackson with Thriller um, and uh, Beat It, I think was best song. Thriller was like, you know, all Thriller and Beat It were all over the eight. Um, So Beyonce, listen, if Beyonce sweeps her nominations, she's not only going to be the most decorated Grammy, but she's also going to be the standalone, the top of the charts at nine as the most Grammys in one night. That ain't going to happen. If it does, no. that's a record that'll be broken. Eight's a lot of Grammys. That is. Um, um, oh. No, go ahead. Okay, I got two more things for you, and then okay, and then you, you run like, with. Listen, I'll, I have brought up the idea of how oh, we probably got to talk about the Grammys, and you're like, eh, I don't want to talk about the Grammys, but you were just, you got all sorts of Grammys info. I'm shocked. Well, it's like one of those things where it's like, if you're going to do it, do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. So anyway, um, just a fun fact, and I'm not spending any more time on this, but the gramophone trophy, which is the, the Grammy that they give up. Yeah. Uh, it's made in Ridgeway, Colorado. And oh. it was actually, it was the original, it was the original trophy. Like this, this is the trophy that they decided to give or the award trophy. I don't know, whatever. Um, and in 1990, they re-engineered it and the company that makes it actually like patented a new metal or material called Gramercy something or other. Hmm. And, right? And it made the gramophone heavier and bigger um, in 1990. And a lot of people in 1991 who had previously won Grammys were like a little bit upset that it was heavier and bigger because it wouldn't fit as nicely in trophy cases and on shelves and such. (laughs) So talk about... Reasons I don't like yeah. the Grammys. <laughs> yeah, first world problems to the max. Yeah, yeah I'll take a reason oh. I don't like the Grammys for a hundred. Yeah. Um, Adele is like, oh, me Grammys won't fit in me display case, but thank you. <laughs> exactly. One of the last Grammys I remember watching is Adele won something and she was all surprised and she got up and literally went, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> To the uh, point where every now and then Kate and I will still be like, oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, I love it. Oh, my goodness. All right. And then I just want to I want to talk a little th- bit through the evolution of the Grammys in a very in a very small, non-detailed f- fashion. Um, wow. Okay. So this is the 65th Grammy Awards coming up this Sunday. So they started, first Grammys was in 1958. They had, for a, for a long time, uh, through the mid, I want to say like through the mid sixties slash seventies, um, they were, there were two nights of show. I mean, two locations of the Grammys. My apologies, not two nights of show. Yeah. Up until like 1970 was 1971 is when it really became like, okay, one, we're doing one 
location of this show. But 1958, hmm. um, it was in... Beverly Hills and New York City through like the late 50s in through up until 1970. Um, and it was interesting because it was like they had the, they had groups separated and I don't know why, I don't know why it was in two different spots, but then they said, Hey, we got to combine this and make it just one night, you know? And since then it's been primarily in New York or LA with a few stops in Chicago along the way. Uh, and I think last year or 21, it was in Vegas, um, because why not? Um, but when it first started, it was viewed as this like very prestigious black tie event. Everybody, you know, it was a gala, like it was a true Mm -hmm, essence mm -hmm. of what it is. And it's, that's not what it is today. Right. Like it, and I think that's, evolution sign of the times like people change and whatnot but yeah some people still dress up but you also see some clowns you know not dressing up and you see people wearing their 350 dollars sweatshirts and you know 700 dollars sweatpants or whatever it is i don't know what the what's that one there's like a clothing brand that's supreme. literally like yeah like supreme and i think a more recent one is kith yeah but like what who why? What is what is that sweatshirt made out of? That it's five hundred dollars for it's a sweatshirt. It's made out of exclusivity. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that was a, a material. Yeah. Um, Which so the the clothing brand Kith, like all all I think about was there was a meme a little while back that was um, Mike Tyson, and he was holding. It was either like two action figures or for some reason I remember it being like two pigeons. <laughs> I don't <laughs> And at the bottom it said now Kith cuz he has a Oh jeez. So anytime I see Kith all I can think of is, is Mike Tyson going now Kith. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> That's freaking crumbelievable. Um, <laughs> oh my god, I love it. That's my new saying by the way. Like I just that's just what it is. Um, it's unbelievable. So, so Frank Sinatra was big on the ticket in 1958 uh, at the first Grammys, and he actually won his first Grammy not for a work that he sang or wrote, but for something that he directed mm-hmm. um, in 1958. And so he was Frank Sinatra in the first em- uh, Emmys, yeah, first Grammys was the highest nominated with six grammy nominations so Hmm. interestingly enough you think he would have run home with it but he didn't run away with a lot of the music producers oh yeah and by and by the way remember the chipmunk song we talked about last week i do yeah it won three grammys that song that song has won three three grammys at the first grammys it won three grammys at the first grammys it won best comedy song best recording for children and best engineered record non-classical. Wow. So, you know, you're welcome. Um, They started with 28 categories in the Grammys. This year, heading into Sunday, the 65th Grammys will have 91 categories. Ugh. Right? And that's another part of what makes me really not like the Grammys. Um, in 2012, they almost got it right. 
because they were at 109 categories and they restructured and got down to 78 in 2012. And they took out all the like the distinctions between like male and female soloists and um, uh, duos versus groups in collaborations. Like they, mm. they got rid of all the small like subdivisions within the categories. Um, and they got rid of like a bunch of, you know, in a, in a bunch of fields. So it was like best duo or group in rock and roll, best duo or group in rap. Like they got rid of all that oh, kind of stuff. Sure. But then started making their way back up over the last, you know, 10 years. And now they're at 91 categories. I just think that's so much. It's too much. Because it's like, it t- at what point do you just give a, tr- give a freaking Grammy to everybody? Yeah, the, it becomes a particip- participation award. Right. And it's also, <clears throat> um, uh, especially where, it, and so here's the thing, the, right? Like, so award shows like the Oscars, the Grammys, the Golden Globes, or whatever, um, there, there's money involved in that and it's specifically after the fact so you know 20 eh, i don't know like a while ago if you were a grammy winner then you could sell more on that if a movie wins an oscar for best picture it typically makes more money um and but it's it's usually only like the really big ones that do that and so to me in my opinion it feels like it would not only mean more but make sense financially to reduce the number of categories and if it's harder for somebody to get a grammy then they must or i'm gonna say must have you could then draw the conclusion that it took more work to get there. This must be worth it. Right. Exactly. Yes. Um, but who knows? I mean, maybe that doesn't matter anymore nowadays. The, I think the Grammys more so than like, I've never heard that an album or an artist won a Grammy for, like album of the year or record of the year and thought, Oh, I need to go listen to that because it won. Whereas even still, I will go check out like best picture nominees because especially in movies, a lot of the best picture nominees are things that fly under the radar. Um, I agree with that completely. Yeah. So it's like, and I think that maybe that's part of the reason why the joke is like the Grammys aren't really that big of a deal because it all feels very after the fact, like, I don't know. Yeah, no, I get, I, I'm with you there a hundred percent. I'm with Like, you. I don't think the Grammys influences anybody's decision on whether or not they, they're going to listen to an artist or buy a ticket to a show or something like that. I think you like what you like and Maybe. So one thing I will say, um, I think some of the performances during the Grammys, that can be very good. And I think that it's something that they're, they've been leaning in on. Um, you yeah, know, I agree with that. It, 
and and I think that they should because now that's something that's shareable and people can you know put it up on YouTube, put it up on TikTok or Instagram or whatever and start sharing it and, and build some buzz. Um, like Kendrick Lamar and Imagine Dragons did a song together and I'm not a huge not a huge fan of either. I like Kendrick Lamar, but um but like that that performance was very good and it it was like, oh, you know, I might check out that song mm-hmm. <clears throat> which I know might sound contradictory to what I just said, but I'm not going to go listen to um one of their albums just because they won. But if you show me, hey, here's their performance and oh, I like what I'm hearing, then I might oh. I don't know, it's very no, it's little, very different. No, it's not contradictory. Yeah. It's very different because you're telling me like Oh, if you if I see that, like if I see the Chipmunk song won a Grammy in 1958, it's not well. Okay, that's contradictory because it literally made me go listen to the Chipmunk song. But if if you're saying that you're wa- you're watching something happen, and it's like the way the reason I love going to live music is, if you take me, you could take me to a band that I've never heard of or that you like that I don't would never have picked up a, a, an album or a disc or whatever. You could take me to a concert, and if I like the concert and I enjoy the music, I'm going to go home and I'm going to download their music. Whereas mm-hmm. if you just say, hey, I like this band, the Buzz Lightyears, I'm going to be like, good <laughs> on you, buddy. Like, good for you. I'm not going to go check them out. And if they win a Grammy, I'm not going to say, oh, let me go check out the Buzz Lightyears. But if you take me to a Buzz Lightyear concert, it's going to be awesome. We're going to go to infinity and beyond. So how do you like them apples? Are you looking at a, like, is there a Buzz Lightyear toy in your basement? Yeah. There's a Buzz Lightyear spaceship <laughs> up against my wall. And I'm like, it was the first thing I looked at because I couldn't figure out what to say. And so I saw Buzz Lightyear there. That's what I stare at all day. I would just like to point out that according to Spotify, there is not currently a band called the Buzz Lightyears. Oh, nice. So I guess we're not um, going to go to a Buzz Lightyears concert. Damn it. There is a group called The Light Years. Would you like to hear their most popular song on Spotify? Sure. I don't know what I was expecting. It was not that. Wasn't that either, but I'll take it. Yeah. They have 37 monthly listeners. So, hey, there's 38. If you are listening to this podcast, go check out The Light Years on Spotify. Yeah. They released an album in 2009. <laughs> now back to our regularly scheduled programming. Brought to you by Dr. Pepper Green. Um, <laughs> all right. Do you it. have any more like boring Grammys crap you want to talk about? I mean, interesting history and. Um, I don't think so. Like, no, I don't think so. Do you know who so has hosted the Grammys the most amount of times? Billy Crystal. <laughs> I don't think never. Uh, Andy Williams has hosted it seven times. Moon River. Uh, Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah is hosting this Sunday. So tune into mm. the Grammys this Sunday. Yeah, that feels right. Yeah, doesn't it? What do you got over there, <laughs> Grammys related? Because so, here's, can I tell you what I think you got? What do you think I have? I think you have much more fun information about the Grammys that's, Loosely tied to the Grammys. It's a loosely Grammys-based podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, no, so I decided to look up what are... Because here's the thing. It's 
okay, you know, Beyonce's been nominated a bunch. Like, we can literally go back and be like, what did you think of Adele winning? Well, yeah. No. Like, they're good. Cool. Um, I wanted to check out some of the more ridiculous Grammy wins. As and, I imagined. Yeah. So, you know, I typed into the old uh, the old web browser here, like, ooh, controversial Grammy stories. Like, what do you, what do you got? And... There's quite a few, actually, which is kind of funny. So, in 1967, okay. the there was um, an award, which at the time was called Best Contemporary Rock and Roll Recording. Oh, boy. And I think today that would be Best Rock Record, because a yeah. record is an individual song. Um, and some of the, some of the, the groups that were up for nomination include the mamas and the papas with Monday, Monday, the Beatles for Eleanor Rigby, naturally the beach boys, good vibration, vibrations it wasn't just one just one vibration (laughs) the beach boy good vibration um (laughs) but out of those the Mm. new vaudeville the new vaudeville band won now you might be saying like well yeah everybody loves the new vaudeville band duh and this is this is the best contemporary rock and roll song in 1967 I just best contemporary rock and roll song. <laughs> like, yeah, what I don't understand. What do you mean? You don't feel like you don't, you don't feel what? like that's a that's not a headbanger to you? Uh, like, this oh is why God. the Grammys are a joke. Yes, I agree. Now, at the same time, I'm not going to say that Monday, Monday by the Mamas and the Papas is a rock and roll song. Like, Good Vibrations is at least, I would call it pop. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, I don't think I would have ever thought that <laughs> Eleanor Rigby would be the most rock and roll song. In if you, of if all you that were to category. say, I'm going to give you four songs from 1967. One of them's Eleanor Rigby. Which one is the most rock and roll? I would say whichever one is not Eleanor Rigby. Yeah, the other three. Uh, but it turns out I would be wrong. Apparently, <laughs> according to the Grammys. Yeah, oh, so 1967. Um, new, the new vaudeville band. Really ripping your socks off there. Or knocking your socks off or whatever. The Ripping is. your socks off. <laughs> Just makes you want to rip my socks off. Oh, my goodness. All right, so oh. that one had me laughing. Oh, this is... See, I knew you're always good for it, Justin. Oh, thank you. Um, so 1969, um, we have we have Best New Artist. Ooh. Up, that, that's the category, right? Okay. There was a little band at the time that had, you know, debuted in 1969. So I'm going to take you on a musical journey and let's see if you can figure out who won the best, sorry, I already forgot, 
uh, yeah, best new, new artist, new, new artist, best new artist. I'm going to play a handful of songs. And then when I hit stop, I want you to, to see if you can guess who won best new artist. Are you ready? Like which song? No, no, no. It's, I'm going to we'll take you on a little musical journey and see if you can name the artist. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. My apologies. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's okay. I was. It's not a great explanation. All right, here we go. Little, a little quick, a little quick musical journey. Uh, you listening at home or in the car? See if you can guess who won best new artist in 1969. Wait, what? <laughs> Jose Wait, Feliciano come beat on. Cream <laughs> for <What>? Best New Artist. <laughs> beat Cream? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, thank you, Siri, for finding Oh, thank you, Siri. What? So yeah, oh, you have okay. this, this, you know, this brand new sound. You've got three artists that went on to have storied careers, but no, no, no. the best new artist of 1969. Feliz <laughs> hey, listen, <laughs> it's catchy. Oh, Jose, it sure Jose. Is. Oh, um, that was good. So it turns out he actually won it because the album that he released had a cover of, um. The Doors song, um, Light My Fire. So he did, like, he did a, like, a Latin guitar flute accompaniment to, like, Baby, You Can Light My Fire. Um, Hmm. And, yeah, but (laughs) I just, I saw that one and I'm like, oh, we can have a little fun with music here. I like that. Nice little Jose Feliciano. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I was I was happy with that. Um, the one of the stranger Grammy wins oh. came for a spoken word album featuring uh-huh. Mikhail Gorbachev, Bill Clinton, and Sophia Loren. They did a spoken word album um, of the book Peter and the Wolf. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, of course they did. Like, <laughs> like why this not? is what's wrong with the freaking Grammys. <laughs> why? Like, what? and it was in two thousand four. Like, they're all out of office. Like, Sophia Loren was never in office, but like, <laughs> oh, see, this is what's gross. That's not music. Yeah. Like the 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 people that like run the Grammys, they they heard the spoken word and they were like, wait a minute, you're telling me that Gorbachev, Clinton, and Loren did this? Why? The crumbelievable. Ha <laughs> nice. Yeah, there we go. 
Um, so I, this is why there's too I, many categories. There's too many categories. There's, there's too many too categories. Much. Um, I have a couple more uh, controversial ones. Oh, so Eric Clapton. Um, you know he was okay. So he, you know, as part of Cream, he didn't win new band that went to Jose Felicidades. Um, but in 1993, he, uh, you know, made a comeback and beat out a certain, you know, kind of upstart band for best rock song. So in 93, Nirvana's Smells Like Teen Spirit oh. went up against Eric Clapton's rock and roll classic the acoustic cover of Layla. Okay. I I like both the Derek and the Dominoes and the acoustic Layla. But if you're telling me that in 1993, the best rock song is an acoustic version of Layla and it beat Teen Spirit, it, no. No. No, that's You're that's wrong, wrong on Grammys. So, that's wrong You're on wrong Grammys. <laughs> like that's okay. So that's where you start to get me like to buy into like okay. Oh, it's all, all fixed. Right. Was the grant? Were they like? Were they just like? Oh, hey, who's this new Nirvana? Like, no, 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 no. Eric Clapton. Yeah, you've got industry. You know, he's been in the industry forever. Um, let me let me ask you something. Oh, I've I've. I have a, a setup question, and then I have my actual question that I want to deliver. Ooh. Uh, discuss, not deliver. Um, have Have you Have you ever won an award? Like, obviously, obviously, we're we're gonna win a Grammy this year for best new podcast. But like, like oh, have you ever, any, like any award at all. Like something where you were, you know, had to be nominated and maybe there was a vote, like some sort of, like not like a work award, like, I don't know. Have you, the question's pretty self-explanatory. Have you ever won an award? Well, clearly it wasn't. Uh, Yes. Okay. Do you remember what it was? I do. It was very- Do you want to talk about it? Sure, I'd love to. Yeah, no, yes, I'd. Lo- I'd I, I mean, sure, it's not. It's nothing. Um, I won an award in grade school sometime. I entered a piece of art into a the Attleboro art contest thing at an art museum, and I mm-hmm. won my piece. Won, um, and I was in the newspaper, and I got to like go to some private art gallery showing thing with my art at the Attleboro okay. Art Museum and I won like a little they gave me like a little plaque. Nice. I I have also won um an award. Oh. Yeah. I I mean I mean I've 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 won many. I'm I'm very decorated. But yeah, I've many leather bound awards. I I was voted graphic artist of the year at the 2008 Grand Rapids Hip Hop Awards. Yeah, you were. In Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yep. Um unfortunately, 
I could not attend in person. Um, oh. so I never, and, and I don't think it's a story. I don't think they had enough trophies, but it was kind of like a cool, um, looking trophy on like a little wood pedestal and it was like a microphone, but I never got one. I was pissed about that. Mm. Um, but I did win. I'm, I'm asking this sure for two do. reasons. Oh. One to one up your award with mine, but, but well, more importantly, what's, what are your thoughts on winners apologizing for winning? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I have a couple examples. Do you want me to give the examples? Yeah, give the examples because what? Okay. So in 2014 Grammys, the there was a bit of controversy over the winner of the best rap album. And Macklemore won with Thrift Shop and he beat uh, Kendrick Lamar, who had, um, shoot, I forget the name of Lamar's album. Yeah. I, uh, uh, oh, good. Good Kid, Mad City was the one that okay. was at was that year. And there's a bit of an uproar that Macklemore, you know, beat Kendrick Lamar, and um, for both, uh, Thrift Shop won both best album and best performance um which again like why put the categories anyways right so macklemore then went on to like twitter or something and posted a text exchange with kendrick lamar where he was basically like saying Hey, you got robbed. I wanted you to win. You should have won. It's weird and it sucks that I robbed you. I was going to say that during the speech. Then the music started playing and I froze. Congrats on this year and your music. Appreciate you as an artist, blah, blah, blah. Um, so a few things. One, it's weird that you would, if you're going to text somebody and say that, just say it. Like why post it on social media? Sure. Um, and like, and, and then it's just a weird, like it's not Macklemore's fault that he won. No, it's not. And I don't, so to answer your question directly. I, I have one more, one more oh. example. Oh. But answer my question directly. Oh. I'm very good at interrupting you. Yes, you are. Um, Which is like a talent, right? Like that's, a, I'm going to. Congratulations, you've and won the, the 2023 award for best interrupter of me. And the award for best interrupter goes to. Exactly. We'll be right back with these awards after the word from your sponsor. <sighs> Dr. Pepper Green. You already like okay. So <laughs> this is this is good. I'm so I'm so happy about all of this. Um, I interrupt you. Acknowledge that I have and then continue to stay <laughs> interrupting. You ever read the book Interrupting Chicken? Moo. Oh wait, no, uh, that's Yeah, that's that's fine. So Interrupting Cow. Um No, I don't think that if you win something, if you win, you don't apologize for winning. I understand what Macklemore I like I understand Macklemore's position in that where it's like he made a song he made an album, whatever, 
probably didn't think he was going to win best rap or even be nominated for best rap album or whatever it was. And was like, wow, what were people thinking? Like I didn't, you know, whatever. But at the same time, it's like, no, I'm not going to apologize. Like why, why should I, it's like apologizing. It would be like the Red Sox apologizing for beating the Yankees in the 2004 ALCS. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm sorry. You were the better team. You were supposed to win, but I won. I'm, I'm we're really sorry. You should be in the and World it's, Series. It's one thing to acknowledge good competition. So to get Absolutely. out there and and you hear this in sports all the time where it's like, "Hey, you know, got to give credit to the Bills, they played a hell of a season. It was a tough game, you know, but we're we're ultimately sure. we're proud of our team and blah 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 blah. That's yeah, you know, acknowledge a mutual respect. Um, in 2017, oh. Adele like apologized on stage for winning Album of the Year over Beyonce. All right, if this one and person like, in music you're going to apologize to, I guess Beyonce would be the one. But no. No, I'm kidding. No, of course not. No. Like, and saying like, oh, a little piece of me died. I'm so sorry, Beyonce. Um, thank you. Oh, thank you. But no. Beyonce should have won a piece of me died. No, like, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's gross. I it's don't like it. It's all for show and it's gross. And it's it's one of those things where like, get up on stage and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe, like, Beyonce, I can't believe you didn't win this. Or not even that, but like, oh my gosh, I, I'm so surprised. Like, what an honor to be nominated in the same category as Beyonce. Right. Thank you to the Academy, whatever. But like, mm-hmm. but to say I'm sorry, Beyonce, because I beat you, like, no. No, 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 no. I hate it. I don't care for it. What are you doing for the Grammys? Are you going to do anything? Are you going to watch them? Um, no. Because <laughs> here's the thing. Like, I can watch, I can just check out the performances, or like if something happens, I can just watch it Monday. You can. You could do, you. And the, that's, the world's your oyster, man. Well, and that's another thing where I don't I don't know it'll be interesting to see how award shows adapt because I think I'm so that there's glad you very didn't say this. Oh. I think that there's very I think that there's increasingly fewer people that are gonna sit and watch a three I think it wasn't the Oscars like four hours or something. It was too long. Um yeah, like to see the same handful of people and albums or songs nominated and just see, you know, who wins the most. I think I, I just don't think that we consume content like that really anymore. No, we don't. And so how are the award shows going to, to adapt where each segment between commercial breaks can exist as a YouTubeable clip or a shareable clip, because if they sure. don't adapt to that model, um, then I just I don't think they're going to stay relevant. And 
it's they and and it it'll be I think especially tough for the music industry, which has traditionally been very anti uh digital sharing sure I mean partly because you know it in the early two thousands it came out of nowhere and completely disrupted the revenue stream, so I'm not you know gonna be naive and say, oh, they gotta get with the times it's like well no, like no, they do, but at the same time, I understand why they've traditionally been relatively hesitant to go with yeah different pricing models and and what it means to share content but yeah they gotta they gotta make it shareable they gotta they have to i think adopt you know what is getting more and more popular whether it's podcasting whether it is creating segments that are that are tiktok in length or instagram reels or youtube and and yeah i mean i think there's something that people can distribute yeah, I think there's a I think there's a balance because you you say you know you look at you look at things like there are a lot of things out there that aren't that that people still consume like the Super Bowl and like people will sit down and watch the Super Bowl for three and a half hours and I know it's not the Grammys but like there's no you're not going to cut that down you know it's li- it's a live game you know so I mean I think there's I think there's a certain aspect of it where it just kind of like it is what it is and i don't know what you i don't know what you're going to do to like because if you cut it down and you make and you and you and you and you change the setting of it then it's not the grandiose spectacle gathering of all the stars like that it is right like people you and i don't like it people like it and people tune into it and people watch it. But what's interesting is in 2020, 18 and a half million people tuned into the Grammys. In 2021 and 2022, only 8 million tuned into the Grammys. Now, wouldn't you think, because this is where my brain went. Yes. Okay. Pandemic, right? So the Grammys in 2020 was right before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. The Grammys during were very different. Ten million less people, but wouldn't you think that more people would tune into something like that, having nowhere to go and nothing else to do? Point being, there's been a drastic drop off in people watching the Grammys over time to prove your point. So like even going back the last 10 years, like numbers are hovering around 20 million and there's, it's interesting because there's certain spikes depending on what's going on. Like 1984, we talked about Michael Jackson, like he was huge, right? 1984 highest Grammy attend uh, viewership in history, 51 million people. I think I think part of the reason for the drop off in 21 and 22 is because if you had 18 million people tuning into the Grammys I think a a large portion of that audience is going to be people that um did not engage with modern media um whether that was even so, as something as simple as a Netflix subscription or, you know, having yeah. 
social apps on your phone, yada, yada. And then the, the, the pandemic forced people into, uh, it was a combination of things. You had uh, very fast improvements in the capabilities of uh, digital content, digital streaming, yeah. And, and content consumption. And then you also had people that were forced to look for new sources of content because you had nothing else to do. Sure. And I'm not saying that it's the reason for the 10 million drop, but I do think that part of the reason why the spectacle of the Grammys and the Oscars and why the um, appeal of late night television talk shows has been dwindling is because you know those are no longer your only sources to see celebrities outside of celebrity Hmm, that makes sense that's a good point didn't think of it that way yeah yeah so prior to um beyonce having instagram you needed to see her reactions in the crowd at the grammys you needed to see her on you know, Letterman or, or yeah. whoever, because it felt like, oh, you're getting to see them. They're having a real conversation and, and it, it felt authentic, even though it very much was not, mm. um, that's not specific to Beyonce, but that whole kind of late night thing. Right. Um, and so now if you are a fan of Beyonce and and granted, Beyonce's been digital forward for forever. Like I'm not saying she yeah, yeah, obviously yeah, no. a vast a huge percentage of her fans are already digitally connected. But sure. what I think the pandemic did is it it helped a lot of people get to a point where they're like, Oh, I should check out this Instagram thing. Oh, I should check out TikTok or YouTube or whatever. And That's fair. Oh, I can watch a Beyonce clip anytime that I want. Yeah. So. No, that makes sense. So I wonder if, yeah, yeah, I wonder if that's part of it. Um, What award shows really need to figure out if they want to stay relevant is how do you create moments that number one, people can't get anywhere else. And number two are very shareable. I think, and it's not easy to do. And and this year, you know, Yeah, the ad that I saw for for the Grammys had nothing to do with who was nominated. It was all about the performances. And because they know that like nobody's yeah. tuning in to see who wins. Because if all you care about is who wins, it's much less time to just wait until Monday morning or even Sunday evening. Um, oh, I totally agree. But if, I totally agree with that. Yeah, but if, but if we can say, oh, Harry Styles performs with um, Drake and Adele for the first time in history, well, maybe I'll check that out. Yeah, that's a good point. Hey, this has been fun talking about the Grammys. As fun as it could be talking about the Grammys. Um, I hope we've it's, left you all with some facts to share while you either watch the Grammys or if you don't watch the Grammys, watch yeah. Wayne's World. Oh, yeah. You know, February 14th. Um, yeah. it's It's, you know, it's a good time. And if you're thinking to yourself, man, this Wayne's World movie, it's like, just you know so steeped in rock and roll and rock and roll culture and where things were at the time it's like i really need like just a real driving rock song to listen to now that this podcast is over what am i assume like what am i going to listen to 
Bye. Bye. <laughs>